it's food for the soul, you know? It's giving back to the people in your community. Welcome back to Speaking Queerly, a podcast by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, an LGBTQIA plus youth center um, located in Columbus, Ohio. Um, my name is Daria, I use she, they pronouns, and I am the Ohio GSA Network Manager at Kaleidoscope. And I'm Mallory, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the Civic Engagement and Advocacy Manager here at KYC. Um, we want to welcome you all back to Speaking Queerly and shout out, it is Volunteer Appreciation Month, April's Volunteer Appreciation Month, so if there's one thing we appreciate here at KYC, it is our volunteers. I mean, we appreciate lots of things, specifically our youth, but we couldn't do a lot of the work we do without the help of our volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to use this as an opportunity to um, shout out some of our awesome volunteers and have them talk to us a little bit more about what they do here at KYC. Um, and then if you are intrigued and you want to volunteer as well, we are always looking for folks to volunteer. So stay tuned. This is your um, teaser. you got to stay till the end <laughs> of the episode to find out more about how you can be a volunteer. But we'll definitely give you that information as well. The first guest we want to shout out, our first volunteer guest, is Chris. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Chris. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to Speaking Queerly. It's really, you know, robust, as you can see. Every time we have a guest come in here, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a very humble podcast. <laughs> area. But it's cool. We get, to, we get to be all up close and personal with you. So, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about who you are. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm Chris. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, I am... It's kind of a long story. It's like... Born in Yuma, Arizona, dad was in the Marines, moved around a lot because of that, so, you know, military brat. Uh, then, when he got out of the military, uh, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where my family was from originally for well over a decade. Uh, eventually met my husband, who was living in Des Moines, went to live with him, and then he got a promotion that brought us to Columbus. Awesome. Oh, cool. I was wondering, like, of all those places that you've been and lived, like, what brought you here to Columbus? But I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah. So how long have you been here in Columbus, then? Uh, we moved here at the very tail end of 2014. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's almost a decade awesome. <laughs> at this point. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, that is jarring to me to just have the reminder that 2014 was almost a decade ago. Right. So That is wild. Awesome. Well, we, we want to learn more about who you are and what you do at KYC, but first, before we get started with that, as you know from being in the drop-in center, every day we introduce ourselves with our name, pronouns, highlight, low light, and an add-on question. So we've got an add-on question for oh, you sure, here. Right. So um, our add-on question, so for those who have not gotten to meet Chris in real life, um, <laughs> one of the many talents you bring here to KYC is you make the world's best pancakes at the end of our lock-ins. <laughs> that was like one of the first things I learned about you. It was like, oh yeah, Chris makes pancakes for the lock-in. I'm like, okay, amazing. Cool. I'll be <laughs> there. What's the lock-in? <laughs> right, right. Um, and can confirm you did make some pretty good pancakes. So I want to know... Two-part question. What is your go-to breakfast when you're just, you know, starting your day on a normal Monday? And then when you have some time to spare and you're, like, you know, enjoying your weekend, what is your go-to mm. brunch, like, fun breakfast Super. item? Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, I've actually been trying to diet a little bit recently. So, I've switched up what I do for my day-to-day -day breakfast. I usually did, like, granola or cereal, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to do something a little less carb-intensive. So I've been doing yogurt with berries and a little bit of granola sprinkled over nice. just to, you know. Uh, as far as like my 
blowout breakfast. Obviously, pancakes is pretty high up there mm -hmm. on occasion. Um, but I really like just doing like an at-home breakfast sandwich, oh, either yeah. with bagel or toast, and just doing like fried egg, bacon or sausage, all that jazz, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those who aren't, you know, watching this in real time, it is like five o'clock in the evening, so this is like prime time to be talking about food. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dario, what are your go-to breakfast items? Um, recently, I've just been on a bagel kick, and mm. everything bagel with butter, something mm. about it, perfect. Like that is all I've been wanting. But if I have like, you know, a weekend um, morning to spare. I think Eggs Benedict is my mm. go-to. During the pandemic, I learned how to make poached eggs and hollandaise sauce and like the whole nine yards. That's and impressive. It Sorry. is my, that was the only thing I did during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like my favorite, favorite, like fancy breakfast. So, so what I'm hearing is like, you two need to drop everything, open up a restaurant together. You make the there pancakes, you, you make the Eggs That's Benedict. That's good idea. Yeah. I would, I would go, I'd take <laughs> all my money. But um, yeah, I love breakfast, if you couldn't tell by my enthusiasm for this question. <laughs> um, that is my favorite meal of the day. I don't discriminate against breakfast foods. I love them all. But my go-to every day is a bagel or some sort of like toast with peanut butter and banana. I don't feel complete until I've started my day with peanut butter and banana. <laughs> and then on a fun weekend, um, breakfast, brunch, I enjoy omelets. I love pancakes. Oh. I love French toast. I, like, mm -hmm. I was just eating some bread earlier like from a coffee shop and I was like, oh, this would make good French toast. <laughs> so that's that's my go-to. I do want to expose Mallory really quick and say <laughs> across the room from us right now is her work jar of peanut butter I at her desk. Oh, okay. So when she says she can't start a day without peanut butter, that is the truth. That's like, honestly, I think to myself like, okay, I'm going to be like somewhere else, like I'm traveling, whatever. Will I have my peanut butter? I know I realize that that is like indication of a problem, but like I love peanut butter. So <laughs> anyway, so now that we've I've totally been exposed, I think I'm like blushing right now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Let's get back to you, Chris. Uh, I want to hear more about you. So you said you moved here in 2014. Mm -hmm. At what point did you find out about KYC and first start getting involved? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Ooh, um, that's an interesting question. So. I know that, I will say, I'll just say that the political climate at the tail end of 2016 into 2017 set me on a certain course, kind of tapping into the righteous activism of my college years, you know, yeah. like where I was like, okay, we got to do something. And that definitely put KYC into my viewfinder, I, guess, I don't know what to call it, whatever. Yeah. Put it in my... Purview. And I I knew I wanted to do something for the queer community wherever I was, in this mm -hmm. case, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, when I first expressed interest, like sent, I, I forget who it was honestly at the time, who I was talking to, but when I first sent an email, did not get a response. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, I was like, okay, follow up. Got a response to that. Um, I think it was kind of vaguely, kind of, uh, well, you know, it requires a lot of stuff. I was like, well, I'm interested. I still want to do it because I think it's like, you know, background checks, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so it definitely took like some effort. I, I think eventually I did have to come to the door and say, hey, I really, really, really want to volunteer here. Is uh -huh. it, what do I need to do to get that ball rolling? Mm -hmm. And 
eventually got accepted, did all the stuff I needed to, jumped the hoop. So yeah, it was it was November 2017, I think, when I officially got nice. brought in as a volunteer. So awesome. it's, it's been a bit. Yeah, you've been here for quite a while. That's, yeah. I mean, you've been here for longer than most of the staff here at this point. So <laughs> you actually know more than, yeah. more than most of us about yeah. the history and whatnot, which is cool. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Um, what are some of the ways, so like I think when people think of volunteering, you think of like, I don't know, like moving boxes and like, you know, you think about like taking volunteering, the trash out. taking the trash out, like <laughs> yeah. cleaning or like, you know, you think about volunteering at like a food pantry or something yeah, like that. Yeah, handing out a plate of food with a smile. Exactly, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, or like cleaning up a park or something, right? What are ways that you have been able to like get involved here at KYC? Well, um, let's address the elephant in the room. Huge Dungeons and Dragons player. Just <laughs> geekery in general, really. But that's kind of been the thing here at KYC where I was like, this would be a great activity. You know, it brings people together in a group. It um, really lets you practice, like, social skills and all of that stuff. Um, so definitely running that game has been pretty big focus of what I've been doing as a volunteer lately. But even back before that started, it was just generally getting to know the youth, interacting with them, you know, playing a board game, watching a movie, listening to what's going on in their lives, just kind of being helpful. And I mean, gosh, I've done a lot of stuff since I've been here. Everything from taking out the trash, <laughs> handing out food. Right. Honestly, you know, just managing the chaos that is every day, yeah. you know? Right. And honestly, it's, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm at kind of a loss for like, what I can honestly pin down is, we'll go with Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is the big one. Yeah. Call it that. For sure. <laughs> I'm actually curious, just when did that start for you? So if you came in 2017, when did, because I'm new, <laughs> when did the Dungeons and Dragons start? Ooh. Well, I kind of had it as an idea right out the gate, but I was more like, well, let's get a vibe for mm -hmm. what they need. Mm -hmm. And once I got a little more comfortable um, working with the youth, you know, getting to know the staff, I brought up the idea. And one of the things that I was struggling with was I was trying to find a way to maybe get someone to donate the books. Like, I even mm. reached out to Wizards of the Coast. Oh, wow. Yeah, and was like, hey, what can I do for this? And their solution was to say, we've got this free product. And I was like, I don't want the free product. I want the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Wizards. I don't mean to call you out. Uh, <laughs> so eventually what it ended up being was that um, me and my husband each had a, like a Dungeon Master's Guide and a Monster Manual, and we're married. We don't really need two of those. Sure. So those end up getting donated, and I went and bought a player's handbook to donate. Nice. And it kind of just went from there, you know. That's cool. So I do want to backtrack because sure. you had said the elephant in the room is that you're the D&D &D person. <laughs> the real elephant in the room, which I know feels like a big coming out here, uh -oh. especially at KYC, is that I have never played D&D. &D. <sighs> I know. I know. Feel free to kick me <laughs> off this bench. I will excuse myself. Yes. It could be you and Daria from here on out. But um, here at KYC, for those who have not been here, D&D &D is like the official language and culture of KYC, I yeah. feel like. Every... every <laughs> person I've talked to, many conversations kind of come back to this. And almost like, I, I'm going to out myself again, I've never read Harry Potter, which I know is like something that, you know, at this point is good that I've not read Harry and Potter. Right? You know? but, but, I know, I know. But like, as somebody who exists in like this 
day and age in life, you know what I mean? Like, I need to know some degree of Harry Potter knowledge to be able to get by in conversation, because the number mm -hmm. of times people drop a reference to, like, Slytherin or whatever, you know what I mean? I, like, need to know <laughs> what, that is. what that is to be able to, like, carry on a conversation. I've picked up enough with D&D &D that I'm like, oh, I could say... What dice? How many dice do you have? Right? Like I can recognize the imagery and stuff, but I can't necessarily talk the talk. And I'm so I'm gonna out myself with this, so that listeners who are like, I've never played D and D, you are welcome to feel comfortable asking this question too. But I'm gonna ask. Tell us briefly what is D and D? Okay. Uh, so Dungeons and Dragons is a game, uh, a role playing game. In uh, the name kind of describes what it's about. You are portraying a character in a story. Um, with Dungeons and Dragons, that story is generally typical fantasy like Lord of the Rings oriented story. Elves, dwarves, short people, you know, there's legal stuff with their names. But, uh, but anyway, um, as far as how the game is played, it's kind of a mix between rolling dice, the numbers, the stuff on the sheet, and then improv acting. You are literally pretending to be that character and making decisions for what they do or what they say. Um, it's obviously got some stigma, um, especially in the 80s, thanks to the satanic panic, mm. but um, it's definitely not about that. If you actually look into it, it's not really about that. They even went under some PR stuff where like, they didn't call demons demons, they had like, a mm. fancy name for them just to get like, a stump like that. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've gotten that before when I've mentioned D and D. I've had some people that are like, "Oh, my parents don't let me play that because that's like demanic or whatever." Wow. And I'm like, "It's not. I, I promise you. I'm like, learning so you much. can be an elf. <laughs> that's, it, that's all." Right. <laughs> well, so we've covered what D and D is, um, but I'm just curious. How long have you personally been playing D and D? So, uh, without. Aging myself, I'll just say I've been playing since I was like 13, 14. So okay. it's it's been a, well, most of my life at this point. That's you know? something that I've learned recently. Again, I'm total newbie with learning about this, but like I didn't realize how long it's been around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I thought that this was like a relatively new thing, you know, but it's cool to see like how pervasive it has been for so long, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I also thought it was fairly new when I first came to KYC, one of our other staff members mentioned that they, we had like a staff D&D thing and if I wanted to get in on that and I was like, oh, I've heard of it, but I've never played it. Um, and then I like went and I was like just talking to my dad and I was like, oh yeah, and like, you know, my new job, they have staff like D&D and like, and he's like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons, I used to play that in high school. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's cool. Dad, you're cool? Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, okay, so I know D&D, so we, when we have the youth campaigns here, like, it is a very like, hot thing to be doing right mm -hmm. so like we have a group on it's always on a friday and group a plays on like every other friday and then the off weeks are group b and so they have their campaigns each of those weeks whatever and like it is like a i'm here because it's my campaign like i'm so excited mm -hmm. to be here right like they're talking about it in the days leading up to it like that is the thing right so tell us like what it's you've played growing up like tell us what it's like to be like kind of facilitating this for youth now like what does that entail well i have to say um so when we started doing it it was actually pre-pandemic that we mm -hmm. actually started running dungeons and dragons and you know, it was kind of up and down depending on who was interested, how long they stayed interested. Obviously, the pandemic just... Yeah. yeah. But when it picked back up, I'm honestly shocked at how popular it's gotten. Really? You know, like having 
A, having that dedicated group that was in the first, you know, the first team that we did, and then having to, having so much interest, we're like, okay, we got to establish a second team, mm -hmm. a second day. And that one has started to solidify. We've actually got a few regulars in that one. So I think, I think we're getting where we want to be with that. Um, it has been amazing, and if any of the youth and any of the group are watching, um, I love you all. This has been fantastic. Oh. Keep it up. <laughs> I love that. I, I, well, you're getting to my next thing is, like, you've played this game growing up, and, like, it means a lot to you. Tell us what it's meant to, like, get to know the youth and, like, see them enjoy it, too. And, like, what has that experience meant for you? Oh, um, honestly, it's... It's been kind of wild to see them pick up the ball and put their own, you know, spin on it, really. Uh, especially art. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, if, if you've seen some of the drawings that yes. some of our youth have made, it's, it's, it's really fantastic. It's, uh, it's inspired me to actually start drawing again. Yeah, I actually bought a oh. tablet, so I've been trying to practice it. I haven't been doing that good, but... There's one youth in particular who I know you're referencing right now who mm. every time he's here is like showing us like sketches and that he's so done. And they're so good. Incredibly yeah. talented. And like, yeah, that's what I think is so cool. One of the things that I, as I've been learning more about D&D that I've just been so amazed by is like the amount of creativity that it involves. Because like, yeah, it's a game that you're playing in the moment, but like there are youth who come in and they're like, I have this whole storyline about my D&D character. And like, you can see that they're doing like creative writing with it too. Mm -hmm. A lot of youth who are like sketching out their character and like creating this like oh this is what my character would look like if they were going to school or whatever you know what I mean like right. coming up with all these scenarios that are like outside the game itself and doing this on their own time and bringing that back here to KYC or like on their off weeks when it's not their turn to be participating in a campaign they're in the art room doing this too and I think that's so incredible to like you know there's so many things that people are on their phones for or they're on their computers and like it's very hard to just sit down and be bored and like foster creativity you mm -hmm. know what I mean mm -hmm. and so I've just loved so much of like that's how I've kind of felt connected to it even though I'm not playing because I'm seeing the characters that youth are showing me and stuff <laughs> and I think that's just absolutely incredible you know well, I will encourage you if you ever get the chance to join the staff game, so you can really get a feel I, for honestly, it. Honestly, I need to <laughs> because yeah. I need I need to learn. Um, so, what are some of the like past campaigns that you facilitated, and like, do you have a favorite or like a favorite memory from your time here? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so actually, one of the ones I kind of just went off the cuff when I started the campaign, but I remember that. I wanted to right away incorporate a queer element into mm. it. So let's use that as kind of the bridge that we get new players like, oh, that's cool, and I want to interact with that. Um, so right around the time that I started running, uh, Wizards of the Coast officially stated, officially stated, that um, the god Coralon, who is the god over the elves, uh, was non-binary. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, they then pronounced the whole nine yards. It was really cool. So I really was like, okay, well, let's use that as a thing. Maybe we'll do it because one of the things you can do is you can literally just create a world and base your campaign there, build it, and you know you don't have to build every little detail right off the bat. You can just be like, okay, well, this world, the elves um, were jerks for a while, but the world rose up against them, and it's actually kind of flipped now to where the elves are barely hanging on and mm -hmm. they want to try to 
both recover their society but also restore their image and be like we want to do good in the world again and so that was kind of the them reaching out to the people of the world saying we need your help but we want to help you too mm -hmm. and so that would be where the players come in where they come together to try to help the society that was struggling and um, I wanted Coraline to be a major factor so the ruler over the nation of elves was literally an avatar or the embodiment of Coraline in the world. Oh, cool. Yes. So, uh, it was, it was interesting. A lot of the youth kind of were like, oh, that's cool. You know, uh -huh. it's never quite the reaction you want, but it was. Sure. <laughs> right, right, because you're, yeah, because you're like getting so into this and creating, and you're being creative and yeah. doing this too, you know, and you want people to appreciate that and like buy in and be like, yeah, I, and add their two cents to <laughs> this right. Yeah. There was, there was engagement with it, of sure. course. Like it, it wasn't all just that, but it was, it was definitely a fun way to kind of, put a spin on it that made it KYC's thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, since then, I've kind of stuck to more of the pre-written adventures just to make it really easy for me to be able to sit down and be like, okay, what are we doing today? Okay, this part. Sure. Yeah. But even then, even with those pre-written adventures, um, your players will shape the way that adventure goes, mm. and you will frequently have to go out of the book or be like, okay, well, because they'll put like things in the back to add in. And uh, for example, um, one of the campaigns we're running, uh, they, the players kind of joking, they're like, okay, our villain is trans, and I ran with it. Sure. Like, <laughs> that villain is now trans, you uh -huh. know, and it was so fun. Um, you know, I've, I've described her as being a Disney villain. Okay. Like, in terms of how she presents herself. Sure, yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just, and I now have a player who apparently has fallen in love with her, so oh, we're seeing wow. where... <laughs> There's a lot to explore there. Right? Right, right. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because there have been a couple times when, like, a youth won't be there, and, like, some of the youth will, like, try and pull me up and be like, we need more players. Like, we need more people up there. And then they throw me in as, like, kind of, like, an NPC player thing, and they're like, you can be this... I don't even remember what I was supposed to... I was supposed to, I think it was a slug or something. You were, you were a prawn, a giant prawn. Oh, I remember that. That was me. Long story. <laughs> But yeah, they just try and, you know, like pull you in and it's just so interesting to see like, obviously we have a lot of, we have some youth that are like super, super talkative and outgoing, we have other youth that are kind of more quiet, but then when they take on like the roles of these characters, like they're just having so much fun and I it's love just that. like, I get, you know, you get to see them in a different light, like in this, like you were saying, like kind of improv acting, which right. is really cool. That's awesome. And you can be a giant prawn. I love that. You can be that. a giant prawn. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, so I want to know, like, you know, you kind of touched on, like, what it's meant to, like, interact with youth via D&D. &D. I want to know, do you have a particular memory or story or, like, time, maybe there's a couple stories in there, that, like, you've been especially touched by an experience you've had with the youth or, like, you've had, you know, a, maybe a funny story, right? Like, oh, okay. what, are, what are some, sometimes, obviously like without naming names, there. but, like... Okay, yeah, 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 of course. Um, well, as you mentioned, um... The uh, youth who is particularly into creating art for our game, um, their character was raised in the wild by a bear, and that bear was then um, unfortunately killed by hunters, mm. and their character had to reconcile with that, and um, war... It's a bit strange, just to out the gate, uh, they wore their mother's skin as like a, I know, I know, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they got it back from the hunter, basically, right. and wore okay. it, and like, 
it was kind of a security blanket for mm. for his character. And uh, through the story, eventually that character came to terms with, you know, processing their mother's death and chose, you know, realizing it was like, I need to put her to rest and took that skin and buried it in the wilderness. And uh -huh. I thought that was just such a cool role-playing moment where right. they, they chose to, like, grow as a person within the story, you know, yeah. outside of what we were doing with the dice and doing with the other players. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. It shows that, like, you're getting so much out of the game, too. It's like a fun activity. You have this opportunity for creativity, and you're also learning something, you know right. what I mean? Like, granted, you might not get, you know, your parents might not get mauled by a bear in the woods outside, <laughs> hopefully, right? <laughs> but, like, there, I'm sure this person, like, learned something out of that that they're taking outside of exactly, this absolutely. game, too. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have or like suggestions you would give if someone's on the fence and thinking maybe I might want to volunteer with KYC or like, you know, get involved in some way? Like, tell them like why has it been meaningful for you? Why should others get involved? Um, as I mentioned, for me at least, it was definitely a way to reconnect with my community and um, learn. Honestly, because, you know, as a, as a gay man, I'm mostly exposed to other gay men. It doesn't mean that I didn't have, you know, touches on the queer spectrum, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, but definitely it was a lot of things that I didn't have a lot of exposure to in my daily life. And it was the first time that I really came into contact with non-minor pronouns, mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. um, they, them, and neo-pronouns. Like, it was, I had heard of them before that, but it was where I was really, like, in my daily, you know, interactions, using them and making sure to memorize, okay, this person, you know. Yeah. And it, it is a learning thing. And uh, other than that, as far as why you should do it, um, it's incredibly enriching, especially working with youth. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I don't, you know, we haven't adopted kids or anything like that. We have cats. Uh, <laughs> but, Can you know, yeah. it, it kind of fills that for me, you know, I can, I can be a parental figure, a role model, and, you know, offer advice, or just be an ear, and that's great. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's food for the soul, you know, it's giving back to the people in your community. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't really have those resources at my disposal, you know, we had, there was a queer center, but it was in, in Nomaha, um, mm -hmm. but it was very small. I actually volunteered there for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, nothing compared to this. This is amazing, um, and uh, I want to support it so much. I love that. Well, we're so glad that you like found KYC and that you moved here. Just you know, of all the places that you've lived, that you ended up here. At K and here at KYC, Chris actually lives here. <laughs> I, do, I do live here now. Everyone, um, we always joke about the KYC ghost. Like, if we ever hear like weird noises or you know, like somebody just appears or whatever, it's like, oh, it's just the KYC ghost. Surprise, everyone! You heard it here first. I'm speaking clearly. It's actually officially Chris. haunted. Chris. No. Yeah, it is, it is Chris. Um, 
It's, I, low-key, this is a side note, <laughs> um, sometimes I wonder, you know, like, when you're a kid and you think, like, you, that your, like, teachers must just, like, live in the school, you know? Mm -hmm. I just wonder if our youth ever think that we just, like, hang out here, like, you know, just, like, chilling on a Sunday, like, right. with the TV on or something. <laughs> right, like, right. Sometimes it know. does feel that way. But, so just a fun question, because I am new to D&D, so I currently just have, like, two sets of dice, um, but as someone who is a seasoned D&D player, how many dice do you have, and how many do you think the average D&D player has? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so for me, um, as far as like what I take to a game, I have <laughs> a, okay, so little little preface, um, there's a monster in Dungeons & Dragons called a Beholder. You've probably seen it if you've ever seen art for Dungeons & Dragons. It's effectively a ball covered in little stalks with eyes on the end. Okay. So I have a dice bag that is a beholder. Oh, that's And for cool. the record, a beholder has ten of those eye stalks, and I have ten distinct sets of dice, oh. one for each. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> My dice collection doesn't look that cool. It's not as <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, You're setting the bar very high for like when I get involved, like <laughs> what I have to what I have to meet. So uh, as far as the average player, um, I heard a really fun, I think it was like a tweet or something, but it was basically broke down D&D players into three categories. You've got your your newbie who has the one set that mm -hmm. they, you know, they cherish it, they have it in a little bag, and it's their baby. Then you have the, the elf, which I guess I fall into, which is the very curated, you know, oh, I got specific colors, you know, my colors for the dice. And then there's the dice goblin who has a bag with every dice they've ever gotten in their whole lives in it. That so. is awesome. I, can, I know in my brain, just from you mentioning those, like I know exactly who I would put in like what categories. Yeah. That's really interesting. I know one of uh, the youth here also has earrings that are dice as well. Mm. Those are so cute. They're neat. I honestly, I was like, oh, those are so cool, whatever. And it took me a while to realize that they were dice, you know, but I... <laughs> It's cool. That and once cool. I get into it, that will be my preferred form of dice. I can so. <laughs> roll the save. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here on Speaking Queerly and for sharing your story. And hopefully, I mean, honestly, thank you for being a volunteer, too. You know, the I youth think, love you. Yeah, it's, it is not an exaggeration. <laughs> and I, I can tell Chris is like a very humble person here, right? You know, it's like, you're not going to be one to brag, but like you mean so much to the youth here and, and to the staff as well. And so it's like an exciting moment. Oh, Chris is here. Like it's time. <laughs> yeah, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, I walk in the room and it's like, I might get a sub now. <laughs> so. I'm realizing this is a podcast and I just did a sub now. No, so I have to what I was doing there. But, um, but like Chris is here and it's like, oh, Chris is here, you know? So it's, it's cool. And we're excited to have you on here because you, you, know, you can grace us with your presence on Speaking Queerly as well. Honestly, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Awesome. Well, if you are interested in getting involved as a, um, as a KYC, I almost said as a Speaking Queerly volunteer, you can do that too. Send me an email, Mallory at KYCOhio.org. Um, but if you are interested in getting involved as a volunteer here at KYC, we are always looking for volunteers. And we promise to not make you jump through 15 different hoops like uh, what Chris did, having to like, show up at the door. Uh, you won't have to show up at the door because we actually have a convenient form. If you go to 
www.kycohio.org slash volunteer. There's a Google form on there and you can fill out your availability, um, what days of the week you're available. Maybe you just want to help out with special events like other prom and pride and things like that. Um, Summer Institute as well. We've got lots of different opportunities. Um, you can absolutely bring like a special talent or skill. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we've got volunteers who help out with art club. We have volunteers who have helped with like um, creative writing nights. So like if there's a special talent that you can bring to the table, like I don't know if we're going to be ousting Chris as the official uh, <laughs> D&D person anytime soon, but like just know that you can, you know, come as yourself and be yourself and like, you know, the youth will take to that and, and you can uh, get involved in whatever way you're, you're interested to. So visit kycohio.org slash volunteer and you can find out how you can get involved. And once you fill out the forum, you'll, you know, do your quick interview, background check as Chris mentioned, but we promise it's, it's worth the investment of time <laughs> of, of doing Absolutely. that. So, um, but yeah, if you have any questions for future topics or if you have um, ideas for the podcast, please uh, email me. Mallory at kycohio.org. We'd love to hear your questions. We'd love to be able to answer them here on the podcast. Um, and yeah, just get to converse. I know we're always like, oh, we'll talk to you next time. But it's like, we want to hear from you too, yeah. right? Shoot her an email, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you like what you hear, you can visit kycohio.org slash donate. Um, to help support the podcast, you can make a one-time donation or you can join our unity circle and your contributions will help KYC continue to serve LGBTQIA plus youth through programming, community-based wellness, and behavioral health supports, or through educational tools and trainings like this podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank and thank you, Chris, for being here today. Well, thank you both for having me. Um, I'm happy to come and talk to you and let you know a little bit about me. And uh, honestly, if you are thinking about volunteering, do it. It's great. It's worth it. Awesome. <laughs> Famous last words. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. And we'll talk to you all soon on the next episode of Speaking Queerly. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>